let's let's start. We'll start. We'll kind of start talking about like stuff relating to to CrossFit and stuff. How did you first get into CrossFit, man? Because like you had like a bit of a bodybuilding type background. Yeah, I always. Uh, I think with CrossFit, it was that whole you watch the bad fail videos and all that sort of thing. So you have that bad mindset of it. You don't really like it. And then, uh, yeah, mate that used to work at any time, like current coach Alf, he opened up a gym, um, bought out another CrossFit gym. Um, so he said, come out and try it out. And yeah, from going like from what you see on the internet, all the fail videos, and you just sort of got that idea that it's just like a, like one of those things. Went out there and yeah, loved it. Just loved how much you can, I don't know, make it progress basically. Uh, did you, what was your first workout when you first did it? Honestly, can't remember. I just remember like, finishing a few of the big workouts and sitting in my car and having that much lactic acid that you can't move, can't grab the steering wheel, but feeling sick from the amount of cardio. And it's like, how can these two things be put together? Like, yeah. you either do cardio or you do weightlifting and they're put together and you've just got these feelings that like, oh, it's... I know, the first time you do it, the first time you do like a hard Metcon. Plus, I think, I think there's like a different thing when you maybe have like a, you have some physicality to you before you do yeah. like a CrossFit workout yeah. for the first time. Like, I feel like that experience punches you in the gut a little bit harder than if you're just completely brand new to it. Like, if you're, if you're brand new to the gym, like, no matter what you do, it's going to be hard, right? Yeah. But if you actually have the ability to, like, push some power and stuff, like, on that first workout, like, your body is going to be, like, in a total shock. Yeah, I was, I was over 100 kilos. I'm sitting about 90-ish now. So, I was very heavy, strong, but no cardio. And I thought, oh, this will be easy. I should be able to do it. But as soon as you put reps involved... It's a whole different story. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's so different. Now, I know that for most people, especially back in the day when they first started doing CrossFit, if they were doing like a, you know, regular kind of gym split at the gym, uh, how did you start dabbling into it? Like, did you just do it once and then you were just something that you were doing like once a week, but you were still lifting on, because you still do like kind of yeah. traditional like gym training on the yeah, side, don't still you? Yeah, because I think you still lack a little bit of cross, a uh, little bit of movement in CrossFit. Don't hit much chest, arms, the proper bodybuilder sort yep. of style. So I like to do that as well. But I did a few CrossFit workouts and I was sort of pick and choosing what I was doing. So I had the had access to the programming and I'd sort of pick what ones I, l I liked the look of or hadn't trained that week. And I'd go out there and just do those ones or a bit more cardio-based stuff. And I, still saw, I could still train your chest and your arms, everything else there and then do sort of like leg cardio workouts at CrossFit. What were some things that you felt that you had to start maybe giving up from like the gym bro world, like to be able to maintain the CrossFit stuff? I guess anything that gave you sort of heavy doms because you were getting that from CrossFit anyway. Yep. Just doing that high volume of reps. So you didn't want to go there sore because everything just felt too hard. Yep. Um, yeah, I wasn't always a huge fan of training legs, but then you're always hitting below parallel if you're doing wall balls or you're doing some sort of thruster. And like, yep. even though it feels like a secondary movement, you're still hitting legs on nearly everything we do. Uh, CrossFit is literally legs and shoulders every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, f I feel that you lack a little bit, but you just get that overall conditioning and you're pushing heavy weight still, so it's still fun. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And the it's, it's there def definitely are things that I think CrossFit does lack, though, as far as like, especially, I mean, definitely for aesthetics, but um, there's definitely like movements that I think especially it's really got demonized like in the CrossFit world Yeah. Um, that I think just are very functional movements regardless, like for whatever reason, like, Greg didn't like them and just deemed them as like non-functional, but things like bicep curls, like that's a that's a very functional movement. Yeah, I think because it does get to the point where it is competition, so it's for time. So a lot of those movements do get lost for form. Yeah. So a bicep curl for for CrossFit time would be pretty horrible to watch. Yeah. But like the bench press or something basic like that where we hit chest, like we do obviously do burpees and you don't do a lot of push-ups. 
But yeah, it, but the quarterfinals they had the max bench press in there. Yeah, which was crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good when, um, especially when you see like competitions and CrossFit like mix it up a little bit with things like that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, what I'd love to hear your take because like I know you're still really involved um in that community. Like, I'd love to hear your take on like how uh maybe CrossFit's changed from like when you first started. Um, you know, there was that like that period like two years ago where like a whole bunch of people deaffiliated and. And all that sort of stuff. Yep. Like, what what's your view on like uh, just ha- where CrossFit's going? I think that a lot of people stepped away from the CrossFit brand as such, but still did the CrossFit training. It opened up to a lot more gyms that didn't have to have that stigma that went with CrossFit. So, a lot more people could go out there and try functional training, but still doing CrossFit workouts. So it got rid of that that bad stigma that we all had with like the kipping pull ups and that sort of thing but still doing like amazing AMRAPs and good wads that you wouldn't do in a normal gym because you don't have the space or people are going to look at you and like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, 100%. Um, So you still get all the good things out of CrossFit without the technically CrossFit name and the the fees that come with it. I think think eventually like CrossFit will kind of be like yoga or Pilates. Like it'll just be like a thing people do. Yeah, yeah. But just I think will be very outside of the brand. Like it still has... I think a, a bit of a name to it. Like yep. people are still scared of it, but there's so many scaling options. So yeah, hundred percent. Anyone can do it. Like I've trained next to 50, 60 year old ladies doing exactly the same workout, but with different weights and you can still scale it to whatever. Like it's, that's what's good about it. It's just, it's just people's ego that often that I think gets in the way. Of yeah. That. Like and, and I think because we record everything and then it's a bit competitive and it's competitive in a good way and a bad way. Whereas some people get a bit down because they don't do as well as what they did last time or but it is so measured, so you can either use that for motivation or you can use it as a as a bad thing as well. And what about the sport? Like, where do, where do you think the sport's going? But I think now there's so many more invitationals. There's so many more events that you can do rather than just having your, um, oh, what did it used to be called? We used to go, uh, it was like your qualifier for, oh, the regionals. Yeah, the regionals, yeah. And now there's so many more and there's so much more money involved. So you're getting some of the bigger athletes going to different events and training more through the year, obviously to make it more of a wage. So it is a full-time job. Um, and then it's, there's lots of more other ones for anyone that can enter as well. A lot more amateur sort of ones. So yep. I think as a sport, there's just more availability to people now. Yeah. And they'll do comps with RX and scaled. So that obviously the higher weights and then you've got it for anyone that can do like mostly the scaled events. So you're not handstand walking or muscle up. So yeah, it's for basically for anyone now. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good take on it, man. Uh, what were some of the movements that mobility wise you found really hard? To, uh, to like be able to do in CrossFit just due to like maybe some of the tightnesses that you would have had from bodybuilding? Thrusters because my front rack's terrible. So tight wrists, um, forearms, like back, that sort of thing. Just trying to put that barbell still to the day even after five years of CrossFit. Having a good front rack would make so much difference to my CrossFit. Um, and mobility-wise, overhead squats. I, yep. need to, I need to get the long barbell and go as wide as I can. Um, and then obviously the other ones like being strong in the gym doesn't lift, doesn't make you do pull-ups easy. So I had to like change that quite a bit as well. Yeah, just really focus on the technique. and Yeah, yep. still can't. I've got an okay kip, but can't butterfly or anything, So which I'm, af- I'm okay with. Yeah, uh, the butterflies... See, this is the thing about the butterfly pull-up. It's like... I think when you can't do it, like a lot of the times people really get fixated on, on doing it. But like, it's just like... It's om- it's almost not a pull up. <laughs> like if I'm, it's very, yeah. And do you know what I mean? Like if I'm if if I'm being really honest, like I I like I really like doing them, yeah. but like it's it's so mobility, yeah. so much. Yeah, and it's it's just like um, 
like it's it's hard in in a whole bunch of different ways that that just isn't in the way that a pull up is hard. And I think because I can't do them, I'm more judgy on them. So yeah. when people don't hit their chin over the bar, I'm just like, ah, oh, come yeah. on. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, um, there's, I think that's one of the things that um, I think a lot of people get frustrated, like, in the comp- competitive part of CrossFit. Like, and, you know, it's totally normal. Like, I understand why it happens. Like, in the, in the heat of competition, people, uh, as athletes, you know, you'll try and push the rule to like the utmost right and yep. you know fair enough like so you should like that's what the judge is there for to to tell you whether you're doing it right or wrong but um i know that's like where a lot of the flack often comes from in crossfit yeah i think the handstand push-ups were a big one a few years ago with the comp and they, they obviously changed the the scaling of that one so you had to be within a certain size box and yeah legs had to be a certain height when you fully repped out that sort of thing because people were just changing it. How did you find... Did you ever do that standard where you had to measure from your wrist to your elbow? And yeah, so that was, I think, 2019. Yeah, that and was hard. I didn't have handstand push-ups to begin with. Oh, okay, yeah. And it was a deadlift workout for the Open before that. And I was in Melbourne and hit the deadlift as fast as I could because that would be my, my tie break time. And then I had like 15 minutes to do a handstand push-up. And I, I was lucky that I, I somehow got them that day. Um, but I can't really kip them very well. So mine are pretty strict. So my hands are in fairly close anyway. Yep. Rather okay. than going super wide for that kip. Yep. So I wasn't too bad, but it's just so much strength involved. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially strict handstand push-ups. Yeah. So yep. that's how I learned to do them. Yeah. And that's pretty much my only-ish sort of way. Whereas yep. I think if you learn them kipping, to go back to that standard would have changed like yeah, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yes. Yeah, so some people, um, especially some people like in the gym, go so wide to try and yep. just take the yep. range of motion out. Yep. Yeah. Like, you know, you see... Men and women, like, with their hands, like, completely yeah. outside of the shoulder. Super wide, yeah. Uh, now, after cross, like, a, you obviously, um, you do, like, a lot of F45 as well. Yeah, so coaching at a couple of F45 gyms now, which is a bit new to me, so. That's cool. So, um, I've done F45 myself, and, um, look, I like training in general, so I, I kind of like anything I do. Like, I've, I've never really done a, a training style that I didn't like. Um, I remember the first time I did F45, I was actually quite, before I did it, I had judgments about it and I probably thought, um, just looks like a whole bunch of like jumpy, jumpy round kind of movement workout, uh, workouts with those kinds of movements. Uh, but after doing it, I was like, especially from having that like CrossFit mentality of like go hard. I remember going like being 20 minutes into it and being like, I am fucking done. (laughs) Like, yeah. what was your experience like with, with that? Yeah, so obviously getting into it, I didn't have a huge background behind it. I'd done a few classes beforehand, shadowed a few classes before I actually started working in there and did those classes and, yeah, uh, you can make it as hard or as easy as you want. You can just scale through. That's the, the main difference. You're not recording what you do. So you're accountable for yourself and obviously the coaches are there to sort of obviously push you on, that sort of thing. I, I think I found that really hard just because I just have that nature where I just want to go hard in training. Like, yeah. And it took me like if quite like maybe a couple of weeks to realize, or like I don't have to go this hard in <laughs> like in every minute, yeah. like every 45 seconds of every station. And you don't get to choose your rest. It's obviously on the screen. So you might be 40 seconds on, 15 seconds off. But I've sort of got used to training where I've got 20 minutes to do a certain amount of reps and I've sort of like, like an AMRAP or something. So you can pace yourself. You know when to break on what sort of movements, but you move on the thing and yeah, you, it's sort of like 40 seconds. You just got to go for it or yeah. or take your time. But yeah, you can make it as hard as, as easy as you want. But I think some of the movements are still there that are classic F45 sort of moves that, I don't know, they're just in there for so they don't have the same workout ever again, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, there's is a lot of variety. Is there any, um, 
Yeah, well, even in some of the bar- even in some of the bar- even like a, in some of the very simple movements, like, um, like something that might that I think a lot of people might judge, like a like a bench hop. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's a big thing for them, where it's in their playoffs, which is like their yeah, their measuring to see how you've. Come. Well, that was the first time I d- I remember trying to do one of their little um competitions that they do yeah. like at the fitness expo, and I remember getting to getting to that and being like, "Fuck, I'm really tired." Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. this movement is actually. A lot harder than I thought it might be when you're really genuinely trying to get as many reps as you yeah. can. Yeah, like we do, obviously do burpee box jumps or box jump overs, that sort of thing. But I think they, they feel easier, whereas this is just so fast and so repetitive. Because well, you can do more, you can, the cycle rate is so much higher. Like, it's just hard in a different way. Yeah. But I think that's yeah. what I kind of realized. I'm like, there's, there's a lot of merit to some of these movements that yeah. maybe we can deem as looking easy, but yeah, you know, when you really go for it. Yeah, very high cardio intense, but... I think in the last couple of years, they've changed it up quite a bit. So there's a lot more more, more lifting now, a lot more okay. um, compound lifts, that sort of thing. So they've got rid of a lot of the stuff, but they don't have the full-size barbells. So going from like a, a proper Olympic 20-kilo bar to a 7-kilo shorter bar, doing the same sort of movements like a, a clean and jerk or something, yep. it's a little bit harder because your, your hands just... Would, and it doesn't... The, those doesn't bars spin. don't rotate. Yeah. Spin, I remember so that first time that I did that, I don't know, 45 class, and yep. I was like, <laughs> I almost knocked my chin over. Yeah, so it depends what you're used to. Yeah. Um, and then we don't do conventional deadlifts. You do a lot more sumos or Romanian deadlifts. Yep. So obviously not going to the full way to the ground because of hamstring restrictions, that sort of thing. So they have put that into it so that you're not trying to touch the ground on every lift because the bars don't touch. They're not, they're yep. not close enough. So not going to. at least they've modified that sort of stuff. But you're doing your deadlifts for legs rather than doing it for like your lower back or yep. that sort of movement. What are some things that you like from like... Yeah, what are, what are some things that you would take from F45 that you would add to CrossFit or vice versa? Their marketing is obviously a lot bigger because it's a, a big brand that's obviously franchised out rather than CrossFit and owners have their own sort of way to do it inside of that. Um, I think the marketing, all their colors and stuff, it's all just, you go into any studio in the world and they're all running the same, the same brand every day. Like everything looks the same. The trainers are in the same outfits, like uniforms, um, everything just is uniform between the whole place so tvs are in the same spot so you can go to one here you can go to one in america and they're gonna look exactly the same so you feel at home as soon as you go there yeah i like that side of it um the fact that the workouts are different every day which is good so you, you sort of can train your six to seven days a week you don't really need to have rest days because the way they've programmed it mm-hmm. whereas most predominantly crossfit gyms will never work train on a sunday yeah there's not many that are open on a sunday so yep. you, you got your set rest days when you don't train or you do your own thing so it depends on the programming, I guess, with with the CrossFit gyms versus F forty fives. Yeah, but do they still do the thing where like is it was it Tuesday and Thursdays used to be like strength days for F forty five? Yeah, so yep. either like their resistance days. Yeah. So your Mondays your cardio, and they do the hybrid days as well. So a bit of cardio, a bit of hybrid, a uh, bit of okay, yep. resistance. Yeah. That sort of thing, but yeah, they're trying to stick with that. Or they'll do like a full lower body day, mm-hmm. um, just the upper body or a mixture. Yeah. So yeah, mix it up. Uh, I've I've always wondered with things like like uh, those sort of gyms like um, if you're you're obviously a trainer at at a couple of them, uh, do you guys have to set everything up like yeah? In so the not, if you do the night class, you normally got two classes, and then you do the setup and pack up of the of for the next day. Oh, okay, so, so you load the last, it up. Yeah. So you've got your your iPad or whatever loads it to the screens, and then you've got you got to set that up, set all the stations up, have it all ready, walk through it to make sure it's all done. Because mm-hmm. if you're getting in there in the morning and something happened or you're running late and you've got no equipment out, yep. like obviously it'd be it bad. Yes, yes. Whereas CrossFit, you come in every day, it's a, f- a clean floor. Yep. You've got an open thing, you get your own weights, you set it up. So it's a diff- very different with obviously having set stations. Yep. Um, 
uh, we played around with um, having set stations in like the classes uh, here, like during like Corona. Yeah. Um, like we pretty much just created stations where like each station we have like quite a lot of cardio equipment, so it worked out like each station had a rower and like a full yeah, okay. set of like plates and bar and like a kettlebell and like you know two three sets of dumbbells like the pretty generic weights yep um and i think there's like so much to the class structure that just time that you save when like the person doesn't have to move like it's like oh everything's here like and i think that's what's good about it as well you're in you do your warm-up you do your workout 45 minutes and basically you're gone whereas with crossfit obviously you've got your hour session but you you normally do your warm-up you do your stretch your strength sort of compound and then you do like your amrap or something afterwards so it's pretty structured there's a lot more resting in between a lot more breaks and stuff whereas at 45 just seems like go 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 so if you go in there and you're new and you're not used to it it's a bit hard to sort of get used to what would you say is better for beginners a crossfit a crossfit style training or an f45 style training if you've never trained or yeah f45 yep just because you've got two coaches there most of the classes are, are less than 30 so you've got two guys that can help you around when you know and like you they know that you're a new new person coming in you sort of get their background. It's a bit easier, just straightforward. If you come into a CrossFit session and it's a it's a snatch, it's a find a one RM snatch in ten minutes. The majority of people can't do that, but a lot of CrossFit gyms have those fundamentals and that sort of thing. Yeah. But if you just rock up, want to train somewhere, you might get a, a day where it's just heavy deadlift or something like that, not like really an AMRAP mm-hmm. sort of true CrossFit style. Um, so I think with F45, any session anyone should be able to do. There's scaling options and that sort of thing. You yep. choose. There's always weight options on the floor, yep. so anyone should be able to do it. Yeah, that's that's a huge thing that like I I, I wish more people took advantage of with um, uh, just with cr- like in the CrossFit space, like uh, like I don't think new people understand how how essential like just doing like those beginner courses like is really going to be for them. Yeah. Like so many people are just so keen to just like no, I just want to just come and do like the no, and it's like it is it's very disheartening when you're you've bench pressed 100 kilos before on your own, you're training at the gym and then they give you a broomstick to practice with for something, for a different movement. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, like I'm lifting a couple hundred grams here and I'm, I'm not very good at it. Yeah. <laughs> like no. I remember uh, like back squatting and then the next day we did like a push press, a uh, shoulder press. Um, and then we did overhead squats a couple of days later and I couldn't even do the bar just through mobility. And I was like, what? These two movements, like what's happening here? Like I just could not do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously I had to build up from that. So I'm using like really low weight just to move up. But yeah, I think the, the best thing, the main difference between them is that F45 is not really measured. So it's hard to see progress. Yeah. So h- how do people see progress like through it? I think like the playoffs are one way, obviously, because you do that, but it's only really 10 movements. So it's not the whole scale of things. Um, I think obviously people they feel better if they haven't trained before obviously you get that that feeling body composition that sort of thing yeah the sessions start to get a bit easier so you can push that bit harder um a lot of members wear the line heart things which tracks their heart rate to see where they're working um so they know they can push that little bit harder or or back off a little bit just seeing like the strain rate kind of thing yeah but if you've had the same if you go to the same gym and you do the same sessions got the same coaches at least they can sort of keep you can go oh what did you use last time because they've got like different ones like you've got kettlebells you've got y-bells all different equipment and you know there's like light, medium or heavy or something like that. And the colors are color coded. So then you know that if you did mediums last time, we'll, we'll give the the heavy ones a, a go next time, that sort of thing. So you, yep. you sort of progress from there, but you're not really writing down what you do. Like you spend time in the gym, you're writing down your weights, your reps, you're, you're monitoring a lot more. And same with CrossFit, most have got the apps. So you're tracking everything. So I did a workout a year ago and then we did it again eight months later and you're like, oh, wow, like there it is. 
how have your goals changed, like, in your own CrossFit journey throughout the last, you said you've done it now for five years? Five years, yeah. I think every time the Open comes around, you're never prepared for it. Like, you always go, I'm going to train for the Open, and it somehow just pops up out of nowhere every time. Um, I'm lucky enough that I've got better every year in the Open, I think just because I'm getting better at those movements, never at a, a high level or anything like that. But I think it just you just like to get better in there. You just want, like to feel better, and it's obviously a lot of my mates training there, so it's that, that side of things as well. Yeah, the camaraderie and that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah, I think the Open's probably the only way you can really measure it. But then some years you might get a couple of movements that you just physically can't do, and then you'll bomb out a whole workout, and then your overall standings are just gone. Or you get movements that, um, like I know wall walks really threw a lot of people out. Yeah, yeah. It's and a deceivingly hard movement. Yeah, and if you don't train them, like some place you'll never do any of it. Like yeah. Um, and muscle ups, that was, that was in one of the workouts just gone and it wasn't that far into it. So people were stuck on that, mm-hmm. just sort of sitting there and just had five, ten minutes to go without doing it. And muscle up, I mean, muscle ups are hard when you're tired, even if, you're, even yeah. if you can do them. And that <laughs> like was after like three sets of thrusters. Yeah. Um, and double-unders. Yeah. Like, they're all horrible movements. Yes, they are. <laughs> if, if that was, just say that was into a workout in a normal CrossFit gym and you've just come out, there's a lot of things you'd scale all of them because you wouldn't be able to do those yeah, sort of, of course. things. Yeah, of course. So there is those options there, I guess, but it's a little bit disheartening if you come in somewhere and you have to change everything. So... Uh, what are your picks for this year at the Games? I don't think anyone can beat Justin Medeiros. Like, he's just too good at the moment and he's so young. He's very young. And I, I, I always find that we're both like... How old are you, Jason? 36. 36, yeah. We're both in our 30s. And, man, like, I just... I look at all these, like, young... All these young CrossFitters. Who's that, a Brazilian kid? Oh, uh, Gui... Gui Ramriaros or something? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Man, like... He's so they're, strong. They're monsters. And now he's training with Froning. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Like <laughs> he, He's a big... Like, he's a... Either Froning's smaller than, like, he claims to be on... On his stats, yeah. but like there was like this, uh, I was watching this video of like them two doing handstand push-ups next to each other, and um, like I'm sound, sounding like I'm creeping on their, their <laughs> thighs. I was, but you know they're both upside down. Their thigh, like their shorts, right up, so like you can see more of the thighs. And Gee's thighs literally look twice the size of Froning's. Yeah, he's a big boy. And I'm like, man, like you are a what child compared to him, really. Well, he won that snatch, and he still had heaps in him. Yeah, yeah. No one was anywhere near him, so he didn't have to keep going. Did you see him at the Rogue Invitational last year? Like Clean and jerk? Yeah. That was huge. Yeah, just like, like yeah, unreal. Yeah, yeah, insane. And in one of those ones, I think Reebok were paying money if you wore Reeboks in that event to win. If you won that event, mm-hmm. they'd pay you extra money. So he comes out in the Reeboks. Oh, nice. And just won it for that, this one event, whatever. Yeah. And just uh, absolutely smashed them. Yeah. But he's not all-rounder compared to like Medeiros and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Medeiros is just good at everything, isn't he? Yeah, same as like Fraser. But Fraser used to win everything, which was outright, whereas... Medeiros will still have a couple where he won't finish up the top, but he still gets there. I r- look, I really, th- I really enjoyed uh, watching Fraser. I, b- I think I'm going to always just uh, have a soft spot for Froning, but yeah. Fraser made it. He was too good. Like I way more enjoyed, I way more enjoyed watching the women's competition. Yeah, just because it was like, even though Tia would win, yeah. it wasn't in the same way. Or like there'd be events where like, you know, she'd get beaten quite a lot of events, yeah. and it'd just be like, oh, like that's what. That's what makes sport interesting. Like well, Fraser would come out with like the last couple of days or yeah. the last day, sorry, with like two events to go, and he's basically won it. He could come last in every event and still won. Yeah, he would just smash it. Like, yeah. Um, so I'm I'm definitely enjoying just having like this new breath of fresh air of new athletes and that sort of stuff. I want to see Patrick Bellner sort of win one one day. 
feel bad. Yeah, <laughs> he's always just on the on the cuff. Isn't him, he? him, like and F- him and Fikowski yeah, just, just one. been on the. Yeah, they've just been on that uh, on that verge for so long. Yeah. And then yeah, Medeiros comes out of nowhere and just starts winning. Yeah, just like, oh, that was their turn. And because he's young, like he's just gonna keep getting better. That's yep. that's the issue. Like the other two, a little bit older now. Yeah. Um, is there any like Adelaide standouts like nowadays? In the females, there is. Uh, yeah. Ellie Beck Turner, she's killing it. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So she. What did she do at the game? She oh, that's like right. Yeah, she went she to the games, like didn't she? Yeah. 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 And then uh, in that one of the invitationals, she like got one of the first two events or something. Yeah, wow. Crazy. So I think she's training mainly in America at the moment. Oh, okay, yep. She so ended up moving there or? Yeah, I think, I think yeah, I follow on Insta a little bit. Yeah. I think she's still in and out sort of Where thing. Where did she train out of? Uh, GetFit. Oh, okay, yeah. So not even a, a proper affiliate. Yeah. Yeah, damn. Yeah, crazy. Uh, I love how Adelaide just produces all these like savages. Just yeah, just, just out of nowhere. Just out of nowhere, yeah. Yeah, so she's got the she's taken James's title, I guess. As yeah, <laughs> Adelaide's CrossFitter. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, is, ja- yeah, is James doing this year? Do you know? I think he's doing Ironmans and everything else. Like, yeah, yeah. he's just so versatile. He's very versatile. He did a powerlifting comp what six months ago, a yeah. year ago, and just absolutely killed that and. Uh, that's what I love about James. Like James is like the true CrossFitter. Does everything. Yeah. Like genuinely, like has like r- and he like he does really well. Like when he does his Ironmans or yeah or whatever. Like he has this like elite level fitness and all these different. You know his powerlifting numbers were like really good. <laughs> like yeah, he, he, most Ironmen wouldn't be able to do that sort of thing. No, nah, m- most people that go to the gym like what did he do? De- I think he deadlifted two sixty. Yeah, insane. Like most people that go to the gym are never going to deadlift two sixty. No, no. like and then he can run a, a whole marathon yeah, after pedaling yeah. a bike for ninety k's. Yeah, that's crazy. Insane. You still you still much like are you still into your running much? Uh, I'm trying to get back into it just because you feel so much fitter when you do do it. I lo- look, you you would understand. So most people hate running. I've always really enjoyed it. I find it like meditative. Yeah. Like I just enjoy being out there. Like I try not to watch my run times because then I get a bit annoyed. I like try and push myself if I yeah. If I start running like sub five k's, I'm like, oh, let's keep going, let's keep going, and you're killing yourself. But yeah. At the end of it, you're like, oh, that was good. Yeah. But I, I have to be in good shape to run sub five k's. Yeah. <laughs> That's not um, me, man. But I just like I enjoy running, and I know that you do too. Yeah. A lot of people, especially CrossFitters, they hate running. Well, I got to the point where I was like doing CrossFit, and I couldn't get any better. I was wasn't getting any better at the movements, and I was dying through workouts, and I just could not increase like my aerobic capacity and i was like all right i'm gonna start running and then i had a goal to run a marathon so i did a marathon so we, we did you run before crossfit or did you start no. running oh you started running during crossfit yeah, okay yeah yeah so probably a couple years into crossfit i'm like i want to get fitter yeah and i was like all right cool got a running program i was like all right i need some goals i always need to work towards something that's why yep. i think my training's a bit flat at the moment because i'm working so much and it's just sort of getting sessions in where i can yeah don't really have any goals but with that i was like all right i'm gonna do a marathon so i gave myself sort of six to eight months before the adelaide marathon come up and I was running like every weekend, every week, had a like, set program. It was just like, yep, just how do mu- it. How much were you running leaning up to the marathon? Um, I reckon I was getting in probably 50 to 60 Ks a week on most weeks um, doing that. And um, how were you dividing that? Um, like you do like some tempo runs. You do a few short runs. You do a long run on like a Sunday. So I was just trying to enter as many events as I could. Okay. There's so many events in Adelaide. Like I think now COVID's a little bit gone mm-hmm. as such. So they're opening back up. But always do park runs on your Saturdays, uh, which is a 5K event. Um, and then trying to do like a or either half marathon or a, a longer run on a Sunday. It was just so much easier getting there with other people, getting to a start line and actually having something to sort of work towards rather than just going out and running for two hours on your own just with headphones in. It was a lot harder. Yep. So just doing events all the time and just doing different things like that. But um, So did you say you did a half marathon prior to I was doing a lot of half marathons. Yep. Like I was probably doing one every fortnight, probably leading up for the first few months before it just to try and get those distance in the legs. Yeah. And they, they actually got to the point where they felt okay, which is... 
pretty gross. But no. <laughs> um, did you find you'd always do better, like in competitive settings for running, than just if you just if yeah. you just went for a half marathon? And there's something about being. There's something about. That's why I'm such a big believer in like. It's why I like doing these podcasts. Yep. Like I just think there's something about like. I think it's just important to just get yourself in a room with other people that motivate you, you find inspiring. Yeah, similar, similar. Yeah, similar. Th- I think there's just something to that energy that like we as humans have and like it just rubs off on you. Like, yeah. Um, and it's like the same, you could run every day, right? And like you could be good at running. You could like wake up feeling fresh, go smash out the run. And like you're just going to do better if you just do that run with like a yeah. hundred other people. Yeah, and different, different. Um, like you can, you can drive somewhere, run wherever you want, but you don't really know the area, but... If you rock up to an event, at least you know that it's all mapped out. Like yeah, yeah. 100%. If it is a bigger event, you've got drinks there, you've got different stuff everywhere. Like it's all ready to go. And yeah. What's uh, What's been your favorite run that you've done? Um, well, probably my least favorite was the one down south this time. It started on like you're running on the beach. I think it was the Great Southern Bolt. Oh, okay. It was yep. a half marathon, and yeah, you run through sand, and then yeah. Was there a half marathon on today? I think there was one. Yeah, the Great Southern. Run or bolt. Oh, okay, yep, one of yep, the other, yeah, I can't yep. remember the name, but it was like a downhill twenty one k. Yep. But it was just it wasn't up and back, so it was just like out twenty one k's, and then you sort of stuck there. Oh, okay, yep, yep. <laughs> so you had to go to get a bus back. Oh, or damn. Something, yeah, but the fuck. Um, <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that wasn't. I, I like the ones in. There's a few in Salisbury they do like just which is a bit like local to where I grew up and that sort of thing. Yep. Um, like Little Para around there, that was pretty cool because it's a bit like not trail, but it's not like dirt like soft dirt or anything there's um there's some the what's that what are those like what's that series of trail runs oh i like the uh, all the ultras and stuff yeah no nah, th- these are like normal normal distance ones um you do devil's peak you do like oh yeah, yeah you yeah. do one through kaipo yeah i did a few of them leading up to the marathon just okay yeah but you run a lot slower obviously yeah and you got yep. a bit more time to rest through the big ones Th- those are good though just like scenery wise yeah it's yeah nice like to look you at just it. go like it's just I don't know, like, I'm always amazed that, like, I just feel like Australia in general is just underrated sometimes. Like, we have, like, fucking good, like, s- just, just scenery. Like, yeah, everyone yeah. wants to go overseas, but we've got so much here. That yeah, you do. So like, you've got, like, especially Adelaide, like, your mountains, your forests, like, and your beach are so close. Yeah. Like, realistically, pretty yep. close to each other. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, crazy. Is that where you chose to move where you live now? Like, because you wanted to be closer to the beach? Next to the beach, yeah. It was. It worked out pretty handy. Found some housemates, moved in with them. And, and just having that beach there is just, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Hey, when it's good weather and stuff. But now that I feel like I'm working too much that I'm not getting a chance to get down there as much as I'd like. But working in Victor Harbour is good because I've got like Port Elliot Beach and that sort of thing. So yeah, I've seen now. some of those um, uh, grabs from your Insta when you're like cycling down. Like Yeah, it's cool. It's man, actually like it's yeah. so... so I feel heaps jealous every yeah, time. I'm like, it's nice. It's, they got a proper bikeway that goes all the way from like Gulwa, all the way through Victor, sort of thing. Oh so wow! You can do a loop of about how how long does that take? Uh, you can you can take as long as you short as you want, but I think you can do the two hours like easy, like up and back and yeah, all nice. around and stuff. Have lots of hills though. Yeah, not, not a huge fan of climbs, but I um cycling something that I need to get into. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, but then it, it gets expensive. That's what I. That's the first thing I noticed. Like people are like yeah yeah, you know I hate this. Every time that I've told somebody I want to get into cycling, yeah. They'll be like, oh, that's cool. Um, here's like a heaps cheap bike that you can buy. And they send me like a $2,000 yeah, bike. Yeah, and I I'm think, like... I think mom was about that. Because you ride some and then you're like, everyone's faster. And like, what can I do to get better? Yeah, yeah, And yeah. you always think it's the equipment. It's never, never no, used. No, of course not. But I bought an okay-ish sort of like middle of range sort of bike. Yeah. But... Uh, How much did that save you back? Uh, I bought a second hand. I think it was about 1500 Okay, so yeah. I had like middle of range gears. See, it's, it's still expensive. Though. It <laughs> is, yeah. They, they hold their price. Yeah. That's the thing. Okay, so yeah. They don't really go out of out of date or fashion that sort of thing yeah, yeah. and 
that you something you can use for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. it's one of those. I, can, I guess it's like gym set or golf set. You buy a good set, and then even if you don't use it, it's always there. Yeah. Um, I bought an Alico bar a few years ago. Oh, nice. How much was that? Twenty five hundred. Whoa. <laughs> um, I, I don't. I like look. I'm just like I don't care about gadgets. Yeah. Like I'm just not that person, and I just was like. Like, when I felt bad about lifting in it a lot of the time and dropping it. Yeah. When it, that's exactly, like, I would never drop it on its own, but, you know, like, dropping it with bumpers, yeah. I'd be yeah. like. Um, and it had, uh, it, was th- it was like a training Alico bar, which means that, it, like, it had ribs on, ridges on the, after each plate. Oh, okay. So, if you use proper size Olympic plates, like, the, its own Alico lock collar would, like, lock in. So, oh, wow. it was really, like, really nice, really cool. Um, but, yeah, it just got to the stage where I was like, I'm just not like I wouldn't. I would. I didn't really like other members like using yeah, it. <laughs> so I just ended up selling it. Like I th- think if you if that you built that as your standard and that's what you use, you go somewhere else and use something else. It's like oh, <laughs> uh, look, it was really nice, yeah. but it wasn't that much nicer than just like a really nice like like, bar, yeah. like Alpha Fit bar or okay. like like the difference wasn't like night and day. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah. 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 I've got a certain one at our gym that we I use, and it's like the roughest sort of one. It just it's a bit rusty. Yeah. Um, but it's like my bar, so I yeah. just go grab that every I time. See, that's the thing. I just that you know, like there's probably like a three hundred fifty dollar bar that I probably just enjoy lifting because it's the one I've you always use. Yeah. And I think I just kept finding myself being like, no, nah, I think I just <laughs> I just prefer yeah. that. Yeah. Maybe I'm just not meant for the nicer things in life. Yeah. Just have that standard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah, so nowadays, what does your training mostly involve? Like, do you, like, how, how do you, like, I always look at what you're doing and, like, I always struggle to kind of figure out how you would mesh it up. Do you just try and get whatever tra- training sessions you can out of, um, out of, like, your CrossFit and your F45 and your running and all that sort of stuff? Or yeah. do you have some sort of structure? At the moment, there's no structure. Um, and when the F45 challenges pop up, which is every few months, that sort of thing, I try and do as many F45 sessions as I can just to be more in line with the members, that sort of thing. That's my like main hours that I'm doing at the moment is putting into the different studios that I'm at. So if I'm more aligned with that and, and they're seeing me training and doing the same sort of workouts, it, it just, it's better as a, as a job sort of thing. Um, but I still like your, your bro sesh at the gym. Like if me and mates want to hang out, we'll just like, oh, let's go down there and we'll go lift and then go get dinner or something. So yep. still want to train like a big heavy chest session or a back session or something like that. Um, I try and get two to three sessions of CrossFit a week. Um, which is obviously affected by work. Um, and then through F45, like I've got a lot of downtime during the day if I'm up at Victor Harbour, so I'm not working. So I can get, uh, yeah, you'd normally a session in, I'll just I'll hit something or I'll just jump on an erg for like half an hour, an hour or something. Like we've got the bike, we've got the ski, we've got the rower. Yep. Just do a long session, put like something on YouTube, watch that for 30, 40 minutes and just, just do some cardio. Yep. Um, runs are very mental at the moment. It's just hard to get in that mindset just to go for a run and like because I was running faster times than what I feel like I can run now it's hard to get so it's just try not to measure it just get out just enjoy it that's why I th- that's what I was kind of saying before yeah. about like I like to treat it like a med- meditative practice yep. like I know what you mean if I think about I, I w- remember years ago I wanted to improve my 12k yep and I work really fucking hard to try and like Weighing what I normally weigh, like if I'm running fast, I can probably just run it under, you know, 59, 58 minutes. Yep. And then I was like, I want to get under 50 minutes for yeah, the 12K. Yeah, quick. Um, and just like, like I just worked so hard. And it's that, it's the same like with my strength. Like I've gotten really strong at one stage. Yep. 
And I had that moment, same with running, where I'm like, I'm never going to be this fast again. Yep. Or I'm never going to be this strong. Yep. You're like, I'm, you get to the thing and you're like, I'm probably never going to put that much work in again. Yeah. Like, because yep. it's not really what I enjoy. Like, I, I enjoy, uh, you know, I enjoy doing a little bit of everything yeah, instead of fun. just like... Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's hard to be an all-rounder. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to do. Like, it's, it's fun to do everything. Yeah. But you never get super good at... No, you don't. And I think whenever you look back at like, oh, I could do so much more back then. I'm all, I feel like I'm an old person always telling people like, yeah. back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can, yeah, because you were doing powerlifting for a bit. Like yeah, actually, I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I've, I've like, you know, I did strongman, did powerlifting, like... Yeah. Um, and yeah, I remember like, with powerlifting, like... I've always been like pretty naturally strong. So when I did powerlifting, I got really strong. Yep. Um, and I just remember thinking like, I'm never going to like, like I, like I hated it. Yeah. Like I really hated like just dedicated, like heavy lifting sessions. Just, yeah. But anything above like that 85, 90% range, it's just like hard. On, it's just hard on the body. And you I'm, I'm like a big advocate of like, I just don't think that's good for you. <laughs> like, yeah. Do you think, yeah, more prone to injuries? Yeah. Yeah. Like it lift it. It's 60%. like, you don't have to be as clean or as, well, it's just like, I just think about it as like, the, I'm going to sound like an old man saying this, like you only have one back yeah. and like, it doesn't matter how strong you are. Yeah. Like I'm sure all the world's strongest men and old power lifters will say the same thing. Like your back only can take so much. Like yeah. does like regardless. And I think that's the other thing I didn't understand at the time. Like, when you decide, like, I'm going to do a meet, I'm going to try and get as strong as I can. Sometimes that attitude of, like, I'm going to rush the process doesn't give your joints or, like, the smaller muscles the time to genuinely get strong enough to do the thing. Like, yeah, just because okay. you can do it, like, just because you can do a 200 kilo back squat yep. doesn't mean that maybe, like, you should. should, yeah. Like, y and you can see that, right? Like, you see Olympians do, like, um, you look at all the uh, top Olympic lifting uh, weightlifters, right? And they'll do, like, all their back squats look, like, beautiful, right? Yeah. Like, it's not... And sometimes they're not lifting, like, crazy numbers, like, power lifters. But the movement itself, like, it looks really good because, yeah. like, they've taken the time to develop, like... Built it up. Yeah. Um, so, I, th I think I think it's more that. I think... Um, I don't think it's, it's... It's probably not the sport itself or the training practices. I think it's just my mentality at the time was, like, I wanted to rush that process. And I yeah, was, okay. like, I'm going to try and get as strong as I can and then just because your body can let you lift the thing, sometimes it, it comes at a detriment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever dabbled in powerlifting? Nah, nah. I, I, my back squat's terrible. <laughs> uh, I got my, my bench is almost bigger than my back squat, which is sad. Yeah, but that, that's just a traditional bodybuilder type, <laughs> type thing. Yeah. Um, now, you became a trainer recently? Yeah, so I did my course for Fit College last year. Yeah, cool. And I think I had the goal to either coach at the CrossFit gym that I train at or to like venture out and do more CrossFit sort of style. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I was, I was ready. I've, I've been lucky to have good CrossFit coaches. And I didn't think I was at that level yet. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, group fitness looks a little bit easy to sort of get into. And then I had my mates open up a gym um, up at Victor F45. So I was lucky enough that they said, yep, we want you to come and work for us. So I was like, all right, cool. Um, they had a student who had a bit of time before they were like actually allowed to open um, with all the restrictions and that sort of stuff. So I got lucky and got a job down here did a bit of shadowing at a few different gyms here, a few different studios. Um, and then, yeah, started working in the industry and, yeah, haven't really looked back since. So was working a lot of my hours were at JB Hi-Fi and doing security mm -hmm. uh, on weekends, like late nights. And now I'm more doing the early mornings, like every day um, through the gyms, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, so, yeah, enjoying it. Now, you're really particular, uh, Jason, in the sense that, like, 
you work a lot more than most people. Yeah, I don't uh, know how, but yeah, that's kind of like what I want to get to. Like, um, which I'm I'm gonna try and take this from like an inspirational angle. Like, uh, like I think you're a good example of like if you if you want to do something or like you want to do like a lot of things, you can. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. I guess. Well, how do you find like the motivation or the routine to like be able to hold like multiple jobs and. I think and still and still like pursue like something that's quite physically active like you yeah. know, your, your main hobbies are all physically yeah all gym stuff um I think obviously yeah I like to keep busy it's just something I, I like to do so and I've got an avenue I get along with a lot of people so I've got lots of offers of different work here here and here and if something's there I just try and make it work so if I've got like a, a five or six hour gap I'll start looking at different events that are on and then I can go oh like I can work at the footy this week as a four or five hour shift there I can somehow make that fit. Um, I think the only thing that sort of suffers, obviously I don't see a lot of a lot of mates and that sort of thing now, but like when I work at different jobs, they can come in there and if they're going to buy stuff through like JB Hi-Fi or something, we can have a bit of a chat, catch up through that sort of thing as well. But yeah, you definitely lose that, that friendship side, but that's where the gym training that comes into it as well. Um, yeah, being single obviously helps. You, have, you don't have to dedicate have as much Have you time. found it hard to like to, to be, to maintain a relationship because you have like a lot of yeah, the downtime isn't really there. So that's why you sort of can't commit to anything too much because it's just hard for someone else. Unless they're fully accepting of that, it doesn't really work. Like in, in sort of like who has previous relationships and having a, a lot of work commitment, it's very hard to sort of juggle all of everything and try and make everything sort of fit. Yeah. And then you're sort of like, when will it stop? And then I, I enjoy what I'm doing. So it's like, well, I'll just do my own thing and see where it goes. But uh, I think a lot of people that, they have a family or have the kids and that sort of thing, they wouldn't be able to do what I do just because they have those other commitments and that's their priority. Yeah. Where I don't have, my priority is just guess myself. So I think the only thing that lacks at the moment in my schedule is sleep. Yeah. So I'd like to get more sleep, but then I just find that I just do more things that obviously stop that. Getting up early or staying up late to do a bit more work or do a bit of stuff here and there, that sort of thing. Yeah. I found, um, I've really struggled to get more sleep myself, like through... Just, just in general, like, um, you know, a good night's sleep for me would be like six and a half, seven hours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's the same thing. Like, I just like I work a lot and I have lots of hobbies and I try and do a lot of things. And uh, you know, like it's it's just challenging to try and to to try and do all the things. And yeah. Uh, one of the things that I feel like really fucked up my sleep is I was going to um, I was doing some jujitsu. I mean, I do jujitsu now, but I was going to a gym that did classes like a little bit later around like 7.30, almost yep. 8 o'clock. Um, and you just, it's just so physically hard. Yeah, that, definitely. Like, w- I would finish and I would get home and like my, even if, like my heart rate wouldn't be up, but just my body was just yeah. so on for so long. Like, yeah. Um, and it's hard because you go to the gym, you do a heavy session, you get tired. Yeah. And you're ready for bed. But yeah, jiu-jitsu and judo. Oh, like I just remember being like, I had to stop doing that. Like I had to try and find another gym to train at just because I was like, even though this, even though I have the time to do this, yep. it's actually really fucking up my sleep because I could not, I mean, I could not get to sleep till like 12 o'clock. Really? And then I wake up every morning at 4.50 to coach. Yep. So I'm like, yeah. I can't function on it's four so hours. so limited. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I think every day I wake up to an alarm. This is never those days where I can just not set an alarm. Mm-hmm. And then people say with their body clocks, they wake up anyway, but I don't really have, give it that chance. Um, uh, have you gotten COVID at all during like this? Have you have you had COVID? Yeah, I didn't know I had it. Okay. So yep. I got it 
got told to test because it was going through the gym. Yeah. Um, so I did a rat test and it was like instantly positive. And oh, I was okay. like, oh, there okay. So I've probably had it for the last three, four days. There you go. Um, yeah, had no idea. Didn't really affect me. It's Same. one of those things I think when it hits you <coughs> and then you, you tell yourself you've got something and then you sort of start to feel it. But before yeah. that, before I tested, I was like, I feel fine. See, I was, I had it like maybe a couple of months ago and I felt like, I felt like a little bit sick, just yep. like a normal cold sick. Um, and I did a rat test and it said nothing and I was like, well, yeah. guess I'm fine. Um, and that, because uh, because of where I work, like, um, uh, it's like with, uh, you know, people uh, that are a bit more fragile. Yeah. Um, you know, like, this is like a pretty important topic, like subject. So, you know, you would rat test every day before work. Yeah. Um, it kept saying negative, negative, And then one day it finally said positive. Um, but by, by the time it said positive, I felt fine. Yeah. And then when yeah. I actually had to isolate... Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really feel too much. Yeah. The reason why I asked that is that's the first time in a long time that I've woken up to just uh, yeah. not a clock. Yeah. So that's kind of where, where I was going with that. Like yeah, I think I had to do a quarantine when I got back from Queensland like last year sometime. I remember seeing that, yeah. And it was two weeks and I was like, there was three cases in Queensland that was 200 k's away from where we were in surfers. And the Adelaide like SA government was just like, nah, two weeks. Oh, wow. And that's crazy. I, look, I, had, I had a whoop at the time, had that whoop subscription so that... Um, the band like a Garmin yeah. watch that tracks everything and I was getting like nine, ten hours every day because I just didn't have to wake up to anything it was just like sleeping with earplugs sleep with this face mask and just bang gone yeah. and I was just waking up every morning doing a bit of yoga eating yeah. really good had one meal set everything and just yeah I, f- I found it heaps easier to eat well when I was just kind of at home not doing you just can't go anywhere like well, just <laughs> and I just found it like I would because I didn't move that much I just wasn't that yeah, hungry okay. yep. like yeah and, you know, maybe because I didn't eat a lot of calories in the day, maybe every second day I treat myself to something from Uber. But, like, yep. just, like, that lack of movement, even though I tried training a lot, like, during the ISO, yep. um, it just would still be so much less than, like, just a normal work day. I'd yep. Yeah, I found, like, I just I just really enjoyed, <laughs> like, not having to wake up to an alarm. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, sleep's, like, and I've read or I've heard there is a book out there that tells you how much sleep you sort of need and what, how bad it is if you don't get that. And I'm, I'm just playing a bit naive, a bit <laughs> ignorant to that one. Because I think if I read that or I was listening to it and it was like, oh, it shortens your life by this much. Yeah. Changes your everything by this. And I was like, oh, that's a bit scary. You know what I have tried? Because um, I kind of realize I'm the same boat as you. I'm like, try and play like blissfully ignorant yeah, <laughs> about yeah. the sleep part. Yep. Um, def- so I'd, a few months ago, I changed my schedule, like my work schedule so that I could do a bit more jujitsu in the mornings. Uh, so I don't coach on Tuesday and Thursday morning so I do jiu-jitsu on those days instead yep. but before I did that I definitely was just sleeping in on those days mm-hmm. <laughs> like when I just wasn't working um, those mornings and I found like I was really tired like having to get up early then get up late, get up early, get up late get yeah, okay. and then uh, I was reading about this and like I think a lot of the studies say that you're almost better off waking up the same time every day than actually give yourself those days where you have light extra rest yeah okay uh, like that's actually worse for your circadian. Uh, yeah, like the circadian rhythm and that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, and I've just, like I've been trying that now on weekends. Like okay. uh, inst- instead of being able to sleep till like, you know, nine just because I can. Yep. Like I'll, I might not get up at 4.50, but I'll get up at like. Earlier than we would. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I definitely feel like a bit better from that. Do you get to nap at all? Do you have a nap? Uh, I don't have, uh, I don't have the time to nap nowadays. So, yeah. so when I'm evicted like three days a week, I work uh, so about five o'clock till 10. Yeah, I don't start again until about four, so I've got that whole day. So I always See, find I myself falling asleep somewhere. Yeah, I I used to nap all the time when I was just yep. um just working at the gym. Uh, yeah, like 
Uh, nabs were essential part so of good. life. Yeah, yeah. So good. Oh, like, and nabs just hit different, hey? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and then you have that period, though, if you go too much or... There's that it, sweet spot. See, yeah. the problem is I've read the research on this and they say the sweet spot's like 18 minutes. I'm like, only psychopaths <laughs> nap for and 18 and minutes. And I think if you were trying to tell yourself 18 minutes, you wouldn't fall asleep. No, because then you'd be stressed about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, appa- apparently, the best thing to do with a nap is... Um, uh, a mate of mine, Slavin, told me this. Uh, you're meant to... Uh, Apparently have a coffee like before your nap, really, because the oh, caffeine the doesn't hit you. In. Yeah, yeah, it, ki- yeah. it will kick in actually yeah. like just after you actually wake up, yeah. and then you'll be like, "Oh, that was that well, was pretty good." I've actually uh, I cut caffeine about ten weeks ago. Did you? So what's that been like? Yeah, like I feel like I'm waking up so much better. Like <coughs> I'm not relying on anything. So um, still take fat burners, but non-stim. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'm the non-stim fat burners, but a little bit of coke, no sugar here. So a little bit of caffeine there. Decaf yep. coffees, which is obviously a lot lower. But I was going from like. Fat burner first thing in the morning, probably about 200 migs there. Coffee mid-morning, another, another 100, 120 migs there. Um, and then normally a pre-workout before I train in the afternoon. So you're probably oh going... Oh, wow. Probably Man, going you were having all the caffeine. At least another 200 there. Yep. Um, so you're probably at least four to five to 600 a day. And now I'm having like a decaf coffee every two or three days. Um, non-stim fat burners and maybe Coke, no sugar, maybe every two or three days, maybe. Like yep. one glass, like 600 mils, maybe. Yep. So the caffeine content's probably gone down from at least <coughs> an average of about four to five hundred to probably less than one one hundred and fifty. Yeah, and how probably. are you feeling? Yeah, like uh, every now and then, I think it's a very a mindset sort of thing. Like the first two days, no caffeine, the headaches were unreal. Yeah, same as when you cut like sugar Those or something. Those withdrawals are no joke. And I was just like, whoa, like do I have COVID now? <laughs> like <laughs> it, it was there, yeah, all the yeah. signs. Um, just drink more water, get through it, and then yeah, just feel like when I do wake up in the morning now, it's like I don't feel lethargic as as much, mm-hmm. so I can get up and I'm just ready to go but yeah uh, and decaf coffee is not that bad <coughs> uh, I've changed my mind about decaf recently yeah um, I just kind of realised that I like I just really enjoy the taste of coffee it's coffee yeah it's not. The, it's I, I not kind of almost get the same effect from it from a placebo point of view like just the smell of coffee just hits me and I'm just yeah. like I almost feel everything that you're meant to feel I think the bad thing about decaf is that not a lot of people drink it so the beans are old so it, when you go to a, like a, a, a smaller place or something and they've mm. got decaf, it's probably been there for ages. So yeah, I've never thought about that. I did a small coffee course and they were saying how like precious you need to be with the beans. Like you put them back in the bag out of the hopper when they're finished, everything's sealed. But they're going through bags every day. If you go to a big coffee shop, they're smashing them out. Whereas yeah. at a decaf one, they're probably there for weeks. Coffee doesn't have that long a life yeah. on it. So if they're not refilling their beans and changing them more often. There you go. And they're probably buying less quality because they're not selling as many. Yep. So I reckon it's just a bad quality of bean or it's an older, older one. And they probably think if you're drinking decaf, then you're not a not a purist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, are you a bit of a coffee snob or not? Uh, my order is, but I'm not really. I sort of drink what, anything. What kind of coffee? What do you order? So I, I was uh, obviously no sugar, of course. Yeah. But then I was getting sweet. Are you an oat, mo- oat milk yeah, kind of guy? <laughs> on the oat. So I, as soon as I live near Henley, it's like we got to change up the milk. Yeah. So yeah. I was just oat, getting oat, the uh, oat milk latte. Oat latte. Oh, yeah. Of course. You <laughs> and then I was like, adding a bit of hazelnut in there every now and then. Oh, just no. to there you go. Okay. Yourself. I, I respect love when yeah. I again. <laughs> a little bit of hazelnut, but uh, now it's like I say, so it's large decaf, oat latte. Yeah, uh, it's like so many things now. <laughs> and they're just like pushing buttons, and it's like every yeah. time they push a button, they're adding fifty cents. Yeah, yeah it's like funny. ends up being like a seven dollar fifty yeah. coffee. It's Man, like, and coffee has gone up recently anyway. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I think someone I seen a, a meme the other day. It's like. Elon Musk can afford uh, Twitter because he doesn't buy like $7 coffees every day. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. That's, that's like funny. targeted. Um, that's crazy. He bought that. Twitter's never taken off here in Australia, hey? I don't. I've never used it. Yeah. Like you see the Americans that are like, real on it or they did a tweet or something real crazy. And I was like, what? Like, yeah. And people can reply, but 
Yeah, yeah I am. Um, it's a platform I'm for the rich, it looks like. Yeah, look, I just, I just, I mean, I've got a lot of mates in America, and yeah, I just think over there it was just big like thing. another big social media thing. That is he gonna? What's he gonna benefit from spending that much money on a on a company? Oh, it doesn't know, generate man. much, does it? I wouldn't think. Um, who knows? Like, yeah, who knows? I don't know. I okay. listened to his podcast finally with um Joe Rogan the other day. Oh, yeah, he's a smart man. He's a very smart. He man. still talks, so anyone can understand. Like, you listen to smart people normally, and I'm like, oh, I'm lost. Don't know what's going on here. Yeah, no, he's very well thought out in, yeah. like, his speech and but stuff. But you can just see in his head how much would be going on in there. He's thinking so he's much. He's always got the next thing, next thing, next thing. It's like, whoa, like, his next level. Yeah, man. There's, like, I always think about that in life. Like, we're not all the same. <laughs> like no there's, way. There's levels to life, like. Yeah. Um, like, I, I did a podcast the other day with my other podcast, the Combat Ready podcast, which yep. people should check out if they are interested in that sort of stuff. Uh, I do that with a mate called JD, and we were interviewing one of his mates, uh, Dan Pronk. Um, he's a medic on the SAS show. Oh, nice. Um, he's an author. He's a doctor. He's, like, you know, like, uh, been, you know, like, really high up in the military. Like, Next like level. The, the list of stuff, this stuff, this this dude does, you know, has several companies that he's a part of, like, uh-huh. uh, you know, ha- is doing, like, PhD research and resilience. I'm just like, man, like I'm like yeah. I feel like I hustle and I'm like I stand next to Dan and I'm like I'm barely trying. Yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> but I, I really I find that motivating because yeah, like I'm like, okay, like I'm not sure if I'm not sure if you experienced this, but like as somebody who's like really like I just kinda look at it like I just really want to make the most out of life. Like yeah. I, I kinda I kinda get it. I get that like this isn't forever. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I wanna do as much as I can. Yep. Um not because I have to, but because I kinda just want to. And I feel like quite often, uh, I don't think, I'll, I I very rarely meet people that like can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I meet people like you who are also doing a lot, like I, or people like Dan and stuff, like um, like I thrive off that because then I'm like, yeah, like, you know, we just all choose different paths in life. I think it's like, yeah, if you can help other people and you, you can obviously get paid to do it as well using what you've learned over the years and... That sort of thing. It's it's yeah. It, it gives you that that warm fuzzy feeling as well. Yeah, yeah. And and you can make a job out of it. Like it's it's good. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. What podcast are you are you listening to at the moment? Uh, I'm big on the uh, on the James Smith on the, on all his channels. The fair point. Fair point. So yeah, and that, that's pretty good. Did you listen to the one Frankie's? Yeah, uh, so I didn't know who he was. So nor I did I. Did I think he's big in the UK. But did you Google man, yeah. he was good. Yeah, he was great. And all the articles about him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was awesome. Um, <laughs> I feel like I feel like the UK public was pretty savage with him when he first. It sounded like he it, was yeah. just a kid at yeah. from like when you can see on the videos and stuff. And they just blew him up out of nowhere. And yeah. Just, yeah. Um, what else am I on to at the moment? Oh, I always listen to Ben Bergeron, um, Chasing Excellence. Oh, cool, yep. Like, obviously, CrossFit sort of based. Yep, yep. Um, a lot of more books now as well, like audio books, because I'm driving so much up and back to Victor every... Yeah. I'm in a car for quite a lot, so... What uh, what audio books have you been Just hitting? listen to the Dylan Alcott one. Okay. His, his one. What's um, that called? I can't remember the name of it, because it's an audio book. You're not, like... You just listen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you just sort of know who the author is, but try and listen to as many books by the actual author themselves that are reading it. Yeah. So yeah, he's reading makes, it out. That makes a difference. So when, he, when he's telling the stories about like growing up, obviously he was in a wheelchair and that sort of thing, it's just like, oh wow, like you can feel it more. Like sort of like he's actually telling you the stories and you can sort of feel that he's there. Yeah. Um, always go back to both of James Smith's books, but mainly Not a Life Coach. Yeah. There's just so many chapters in there. You can just skip to certain chapters and you're like, oh, yep, that makes sense. Like, what, was your, what was your biggest takeaway from that book? Um, like sunk cost fallacy is a huge thing for me, whereas like you can invest all this time into something and you just sort of stick with it because you, that's what you know. Like if you're in a, a long relationship and you're like, oh, no, no, it will work, it will work. And then you've invested all this time and then eventually it's just like, oh, 
this isn't working. So you need to take a step away from things. Um, so I think that, especially with like with work and jobs and that sort of thing, that you can pursue other careers. And if it isn't working, it, some things just don't work. Yeah, 100%. So you don't have to invest all your time and everything into something uh, and stick with it. You can actually get out of that and, and start again. Like, it's never too late. So yeah, 100%, brother. Look, man, we've um, made it pretty much to the hour. How good. Very good. Uh, if people want to find you, Jace, uh, where can they do so? Uh, probably my biggest platform that I'm always on would be uh, on Instagram. So, Sups by Jace. Oh, yeah, I sell supplements as well on the side. So, just another little hobby there. <laughs> another uh, extra but, hustle. But, yeah, that's probably my biggest platform that I'm always on, replying to messages and that sort of thing. So, most of the stories and that sort of stuff. Nice. Uh, yeah, if you guys are interested, uh, give them a follow. If you guys have enjoyed the show, uh, this is the Better You Project by me, Raul. Uh, if you'd like to follow me, you can do so at RXD Coach. And uh, these podcasts with interviewers will drop every Friday. So check come next Friday to see the next podcast. Take care, man. Thank you very much.